Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano, and this is the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. Um, today we have a return guest. Um, we are going to be talking with Johnny C., a.k.a. John Calarco, and his uh, new solo album, Shine. John, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you back. Um, <clears throat> for anybody who's listened to the podcast before, and hopefully uh, you've come back after our short hiatus here of me switching careers and rebuilding the studio. Um, so thank you for coming back and listening. Um, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for taking the time. Uh, but uh, John was here, you are back, you are here uh, in November 2013. Yeah. And uh, you had kind of alluded to working on this project back then. Yes, I did. Um, but uh, it's finally here. It's finally come to fruition. Um so, uh, tell us a little bit about Shine. Well, it's a crazy thing. Um, I What I did, it was I, I've always been a songwriter as well as an instrumentalist, but I had a friend who I was working with. His name is Ryan Rossibo, who lives in Nashville now, who's a great producer, great guitar player. And he had been busting my chops for a long time saying, hey... You, because he liked my voice. He's like, you got to put something out. I'm like, why? You know, I was being the, the typical jaded, you know, musician. You know, what's the point kind right. of deal with him? And I thought about it, and I was like, you know, everyone else is, not because everyone else is doing it, but the fact that I had been seeing other people do it, and, and I thought about, hey, if I'm going to leave something behind, you know, like a piece of art, you know, yeah, sure, there's a myriad of... Uh, things that have my drumming on it out there, but not anything as personal as songwriting, right. as an artist kind of thing. And uh, he convinced me to do a record. And But the thing is, is I, I've made attempts to do an album, bef- one album before, and I had remembered all the emotional uh, drama involved right. in doing that. And what I chose to do this time was to remove my ego entirely. And I said, look, all right, if you want me to do a record and if you're really behind this, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll send you 35, 40 songs. You pick 10 out of them that you want to produce. He goes, oh, that's a good idea. So I did. I had all these demos and all this crazy stuff. And I fired them off to Nashville. (laughs) And to my shock and amazement, in like three days... He had picked 10 songs, and he says, let's do these. And what it did for me was it removed myself from this artist mindset of, you know, oh, God, I got I to gotta do this vision. I have to have this thing, you know. Not, th- not that it didn't exist in me to right. do that, exactly, because as, as I'll tell you in a minute. But I was really fascinated to see the songs he chose that ended up on this record, some of which I never expected him to have picked because some of them are really out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I should back up a little bit. What got it going, he heard a song, that, which is the title track. Um, I was in my car one day, and I had demoed it up on my Logic or Pro Tools. I can't remember which one. I have both programs. but And I made a little seat. I said, hey, Ryan, check out this hook. 
Yeah. And he goes, I really like that. And it's stuck in his head for a couple of days. Okay. Because that's what got this ball rolling. So uh, he said, I could do a lot with that production-wise. So basically that got the ball rolling, and he came back with 10 songs. And they have a place in Nashville called Studio Red, which is a great studio. He, he's got all the A-list guys down in Nashville coming through his studio, all the session players. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, why don't you dial in one of these hotshot bass players, and I'll go down and lay down some tracks for these. And that's exactly what we did, and we knocked it out in like a day. Wow. I mean, not the whole thing. I'm talking right. about the bed tracks. Right. This bass player was great. And Josh Mendez, his partner is great. He, before I even got there, I flew down to Nashville and I was, the plan was, was for me to stay there for like four or five days and track all the songs on like one, day one. He had everything charted out. And I was like, I was going to go down there and chart out everything and right. he had it done already. And this bass player came in we not, we did everything in like one or two takes. Boom. The click track, everything. And you know, it, Right on, the, this guy was amazing. It's like I had been playing with him. His name is Seth Markham, great bass player. It was like I was playing uh, with him for years. And and I said, you know, there's a guy that works for Pearl Drums down there, who, which is the drum company I'm with. Right. His name is Derek Wolford, and he's another great musician. He's a drummer, but he's also known for his bizarre percussion stuff that he has, and he's played on a lot of records. And he happened to come through to drop off a drum kit there and I say, hey, why don't you play on this too? And he goes, oh, really? That'd be great. So he brought in his box of toys and and between the two of us we came up with some pretty crazy stuff mm-hmm. and uh, that was great. It was a lot of fun. So um, we did that fairly quickly and I did the remainder, I did some vocals down there and some overdubs down there, but the main overdubbing was done up here in Milwaukee at the Exchange Studio, which is owned by Joe Puerta, who's the bass player with Ambrosia, and Mm -hmm. Bruce Hornsby in the range. He's the range, basically. And he's got a great studio here by Miller Park. It's on 37th and National, and uh, it's an awesome studio. So I went in there with Ryan, because Ryan's by local. He lives here in Nashville, so he's got a studio there, and we basically went in and we got it done pretty fast. The problem was the delays were not the result of us. It was the result of, I mean, this is crazy, getting the CD uh, produ- or, uh, processed and distributed and was a nightmare. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. For example, I ordered 1,000 CDs and the DPPI files, which is what the mastering files uh, are, it was mastered down in Nashville. He sent them up here, and um, <laughs> I sent them to the CD company that was going to make the CDs. They returned a thousand CDs with one song on them on each CD. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so that became a nightmare. Oh, yeah. So I had to send them back and do the whole. Th- uh, it took forever, and I had a crowdfunding campaign through Indiegogo. It did okay. Um, I was very uh, grateful for all the people that donated. And But when they spit back all the uh, information, because if people donate to your thing, you have like little gifts you got to send back to them, right, like, right. like whether it's a signed CD or something. 
Well, somehow, all the names got screwed up with the addresses that were all different. Okay. And so when I would send out something, it came back saying invalid address or something. So okay. I had to go through and figure out what all that was. Oh, my. So that's what happens at the grassroots ground level of the yeah. music business. Well, so this was, um, and so I guess so this was, again, a grassroots. This was oh, not yeah. a, I will call it, uh, label supported at all. Well, no, at the time I was with, I can't even really call it a label, but I was with a company. Right out of Wisconsin, that uh, I thought was going to encourage that kind of development with artists and people that had worked there, right. like myself, but it was the extreme opposite. So what I it actually delayed the release by by me being there. So okay, which is okay. So you're now you've recorded before. You you've yes. got. As a drummer, primarily, correct? Yeah. So this was your f- very first true solo songwriting, music arranging CD. So well, is- yeah, I had done one in 2000 uh, years ago, but never did anything with it. And I got flack from my fellow artists in town, like my friend Willie Porter was on my case. Why did you release that? And I just was never happy with the production quality of it. So um, now, now, knowing artists... You're your own worst critic, oh, I'm yeah. imagining. So, <laughs> did this even ever see the light of day to anybody to kind of? Oh yeah, it's it's out there. It's like one of those um, cult things. Like, like okay. people say, "Hey, man, I got that record." And I was like, "How did you get a hold of that?" I never. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's great. You should put it out. And I'm like, ah, I still have the master, and I and you know there are some songs on there I'd like to actually redo that I was never happy with the the mm-hmm. way they were finished. Okay. So. I, I might re, uh, reinvestigate and, re- and check out some of those other songs again. So Okay. So we've kind of gone through the process how this came about. So basically, if, if I'm hearing this right, you've got a catalog of music. Yeah. Your own music. Yeah. And you're sitting on it. Yeah. And you don't know what to do with it. Well, I kind of know what to do now with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, so so this experience is... Uh, helping you bolster, if you will, your your mindset toward doing more? Is that... Exactly. Well, I find, you know, the music industry has changed so much that, you know, I mean, I don't have any illusions grandeur. Hey, I'm not going to get a record deal. and You never know, but, you know, you never know. All it takes is one song. But I do have avenues now where I could actually have my songs heard by a mass public. I mean, that's through film. Okay. And I have... A gentleman from Milwaukee who lives in, who's very successful businessman. He works. He's the head of Sony, in uh, this department of Sony in Los Angeles. His name is Benjamin Wasebrin, who's a great, talented guy, and he's also an artist or a musician. He'll never admit it, but he is. Okay. We've actually recorded his songs. That's how we met. Okay. But he's working with Larry Levinson and some big names out there, and for the next six or seven years, any music that, or any films that come through Sony, he's in charge of as a liaison for the music and everything else. And it's a great avenue for, and thing for me because he's already got this record and he's presenting it to Larry. He, I think he already gave it to Larry Levinson, okay. but Larry takes his time. Yeah. So 
he's the guy in sound of if you will, the soundtrack albums. Yeah. So what sound? What music's going to be on what movies? Yeah. How it's going to be packaged? Yeah. Major um, major releases. You know, major release, not independent movies. These are major studio releases. So this is, this yeah. is Sony Studio. And, yeah. Uh, and it's rare because everyone and their brother wants to get in on those, and it's usually well-known people that get access to these. Well, the fact that Benjamin is in this position, unsolicited artists like myself have a rare opportunity to get in. Okay. You know, so. Well, that's excellent. So the album Shine. Yes. You got 10 tracks chosen from a catalog of um like 45 tunes I had at the time. At the time. Okay. Yeah, I have more now. Okay. And I guess that's one thing I have always known you over the last 30 years as a shh, musician. Shh, shh. You know what? Huh? I thought it was 15 years. That was kindergarten, wasn't it? <laughs> we, then we meet uh, our mothers were in the same hospital though. Um but anyway, no, 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 no. Um but I've known you for yeah, a long time. Long time. And I've always known you as a musician. Yeah. And is songwriting something I, I to me to have, you know, thirty five songs to choose from seems like a small amount given the expanse of your career. Yeah. When did you start lo- working on songs? What, what when did well, songwriting it, become part of Well, well let me let me let me uh just say I have obviously I have more than thirty five songs. I have, okay. I have hundreds of songs, but okay. these were just songs that I felt I would throw his way. Okay. Him being Ryan Rossabo, the producer, okay, and throw his way and just see what would stick on the wall. I mean, I could have chosen another batch of fifty. I just okay. went through songs that I felt that I would be interested in doing something with at the time okay. too. And I was pleasantly surprised at what he picked. Although there's a couple on there that on the record that I'm not so sure I would have done, but okay. I, I just released my ego, took myself, the emotional part of it out. All right. Okay. Put it in the producer's yeah, hands. Yeah. Put it in his hands and okay. just you know, and Let it made in. the process a lot less nerve wracking and a lot less. I got emotionally invested. Sure. Sure. When I was doing it. Right. Don't get me wrong. I. I mean, I had to go back. Some of these songs were years old, you know, and I had to go back and find the motivation of what that was that got me to write those okay. songs. I, I have that problem figuring out what to do for lunch. <laughs> that's me. So that's why I always ask people, what are you doing for lunch? Spadini. You know, so, <laughs> what are you doing for lunch? I can't make up my mind. If, <laughs> so I take that emotional aspect out of it. So no, oh, I'm not, not down for it. <laughs> Although it's true, it's, you know. It's, hey, man's got to eat. That's that's why I have five pairs of work pants and five shirts because I don't have to think about what I need to wear that day. But um, but no, the, so the emotional aspect. So that was kind of liberating to a point that I would imagine. Very, all right, very liberating because so. um, I the like the record I did in two thousand. I was I was a, such a control freak on what I what what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And making sure everyone else had the same vision that was involved, it can be taxing, you mm-hmm. know. And I just wasn't—I didn't have the desire to experience that again. So, and you know, and the other thing is, is I my living, the money I make is based on drums and drumming, and I've always wanted to shift. I mean, I was a songwriter at. I remember writing song, making up songs when I was seven years old. Okay. 
So I was making up songs. I'd walk around the block, and I would make up these songs. I wish I remember some of the melodies I had, because I remember they were pretty catchy. Yeah. But uh, people ask, hey, you're a drummer. I'm like, well, you know, I'm a musician who happens to play drums, I think, is the best way to describe right. my my situation. Um, I've always been a songwriter. I play piano, and I'm not a very good guitar player, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but... I played a lot of the keyboards on the record, and then Ryan Rossibo played the guitars. My brother Frank assisted on the title track song, Shine, and played some really cool guitar stuff. Um, and I played percussion and obviously the drums and and uh, a little bit of acoustic guitar, I recall, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I did, actually. So the goal is is to... I want to have two separate shows. I want to actually get this out and perform it. Okay. Um, what I, I want to do a big production thing with a full band and lights and blah, 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 because some of it needs that. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to do a stripped down acoustic thing, and I'm supposed to be on a couple TV shows coming up, like Fox Studio A and stuff like that. Okay. I'll let people know when that is. Um, and I'm not sure how I'm going to do those yet, if it's going to be full band or just like a stripped down version. Okay. And that's one thing, um, the, how do I, the, the project right now is funded personally. There's no great machine behind this, pushing this, jamming it down. No. Uh, How does an independent artist who has done something like this, uh, was created, and I'm still calling them albums, call them what you want. I'm still calling them albums. Well, they're called downloads now. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Who who creates music. Um, And um, my grandpa called them albums, I'm calling them albums. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Um, And again, the dynamic has changed so much greatly from when you started with music to now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll go back to airplay was always the big thing to push new music. And that was, you know hard to get you needed promotion behind it you needed to get some somebody some let's let's mm-hmm. be honest you had to pay off somebody to get your music played oh yeah it's payola you know, sure you know, it still exists you know to a certain degree it's uh yeah. it cost half a million dollars to get a song played right know. so how does somebody who has done an independent venture how do you, I mean now you've done the crowdfunding thing you know mm-hmm. I, I see the face Facebook promotion Twitter mm-hmm. promotion things like that but how how does how do people find out about this well the one advantage of having the labels go awry is the internet is obviously huge I mean but it is luck let's face it, it it's a little bit of luck it's getting the right people to hear it at the right time it's hoping that the music has a vibe to it that that catches fire. Mm-hmm. And that and let's face it, if you're in this business to make it big, go do something else. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if that's the mindset, if the mindset is, is I'm going to be a rock star, go be an accountant or something, <laughs> um, because chances the, the 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 weight is stacked so heavily against that because there's so many variables involved. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of it, when they look at an artist, they want a young person. They want a, like a label. They want, like, look at Bruno Mars. He was groomed for five years before he busted out. Right. And even then, he'll admit that he never really wrote a good song. He had other people writing songs with him, and 
they crafted and molded him because they saw this potential talent, which is he's a very talented kid, you know. Right. Let's face it. Um, but he was raw when he came in. I would love to see, and this is where the internet could come into play, where where people that are over thirty are they have more to say, you know. Right. But they're it's, again, it's an industry that is fueled by the young people buying CDs and <clears throat> and downloads now. Okay. And it's hard. I mean, so it, there's an for a guy like me. Like, you remember Gordier came out with somebody, uh, what's that song? Somebody I Used to Know? Mm-hmm. That was a YouTube sensation thing that caught fire, you know? And that's, and Bonnie Vare from Wisconsin, right. same Wisconsin. thing. So a lot of it is grassroots word, word of mouth, and, it, and if it can catch fire, and if it can help, I look at it this way. If I can get a return on my investment, I'm I'm good. Right. You know, so. Um, you know, you're talking about, Packaging the music, yeah, and part of and, and and again and then I'm not a big music industry follower, but I remember some of the things like with Garth Brooks. He packaged himself. It was almost like a marketing study on how to brand. sell music. It's a branding, you know, the hat, the the boots, oh, yeah. the look, oh, yeah. what the songs were about, and. To a certain degree, we've we've again some of the things that you shared. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of hers at all. I just I get stuck hearing it on the radio. Um, you know, Taylor Swift. To me, that's packaged. Oh, completely. You know, now whether she has any talent or not, I don't know because I don't know enough about her to well, say, oh yeah, she wrote that, and yeah, she's got a good musical ear. And um, well, people want to rip on her and stuff, but let's face it. Well, first of all, her father was a gazillionaire to begin with, and he put a ton of money behind her and yeah. got when no one wanted to touch her. You know? yeah. And I've opened for Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I've been on the same stage with her, and I've been by the monitor council, and I've heard, <laughs> I've, I've heard the real vocals that okay. the crowd doesn't hear because right. everything's auto-tuned, uh, right. live auto-tuning, and it's a, it's a usually a Pro Tools rig that they have out there. And as her voice is processed through the microphone, it's what the crowd hears is not what you're really hearing. Right. Which is really part of the problem I have with the, today's music industry. And Sheila E. just came out up about this and right. was, was ripping on bands that play, basically they push a button and it's, a, it's tracks playing, they're playing the tracks. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing the sequences live, Right. But when you start piping in the lead vocal, I'm not saying Taylor Swift does this. Right, right. right. But there have been many situations where you see the guy and he's lip syncing and he's not even singing or she. Right. And what what is that then? I mean, is that really music? I mean, it's not even a live performance. It's not a live performance. And live performance to me is an energy that is supposed to be interactive, you know, and um, between the crowd and. When, if everything's pre-programmed, there's not much room for interaction there. You right. know? So that's just my opinion. But Well, I think, I, and I think, I don't go to a lot of concerts. Um, and I, somebody's got to be really good or almost, I'll call them an icon for me to, to spend my money live mm-hmm. because of things like that, okay? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's people who get excited about going to see Britney Spears, mm-hmm. you know, and she's got her whole Vegas thing going. But again, you're listening. To, you're probably listening to an album. You're listening to a recorded track, and part of I think part of live music these days is the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And, and and we had that in our day. I mean, mm-hmm. the Pink Floyd shows, yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> the Who yeah. shows, sure. Um, well, spectacles are great, you know. Um, mm-hmm. To add to the music, if you will, sure. The but the not show. be the, you know, it's almost like it's a distraction. So you're really not listening to the music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and again, that's just me. Like I said, I I kind of stick to yeah. Well, if you look at the bands you had mentioned. And I don't mean this to sound subjective, but I think many would agree that there's a lot of depth in the music that, like the Floyd and Led Zeppelin and stuff like right. that, where now Zeppelin is a great example of off the cuff live band, you know, right. and still the last time they played together. So, um, yeah, it's a double edged sword. I mean, I I see if you have a hit single. The benefits of maybe running in a few tracks, and but but when you start layering it with vocal tracks and guitar yeah. tracks, and, and you got a guitar player up there, well, then he should play. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Otherwise, the Super Bowls, yeah, halftime show. Yeah. Um, well, back to the album then too. So, so how this has been out? What three weeks? Um. Yeah, about four weeks actually. About, about a month. month. Okay. About a month. Um. How's it? How's it tracking? What do you? How, what are your thoughts on that? Are you getting a positive feedback? Obviously? I'm getting very f- positive feedback on it. Um, I'm a little nervous. I have. I'm being reviewed by Piet Levy soon from the Journal Sentinel. I'm not really nervous, but I always viewed Piet as a as a hipster guy who is yeah. into all the hipster movement stuff. And it's not really a hipster record per se. So we'll see what he has to say about it. Dave Lurison from uh, Shepherd Express. Is also so on the ground level, it's being reviewed. Um, I have some access to connections in Los Angeles that a friend of mine, Bill Fordresher, who's great, now going to be calling him soon. Great PR guy out there. Okay. So um, we'll see. You know, um, I did. I did send it to some radio stations, and they're contemplating putting it out, which would be huge because, again. These these stations are more geared towards helping out grassroots local. I mean, they play world sh- stuff, right. but they will right. actually play a local Talking artist. 88. 88.9? 88.9, yeah, okay. Yeah, which is one, and MSC is another one. Sure. Um, and I'm going to be doing some media stuff with it. So Good, excellent. Yeah. Um, we look forward to seeing that now. So right now... Um, Local has been the big concentration on promotion. Yeah, well, you have to crawl before you walk. Okay. So, um, now we've talked again. I think the other way to promote, like I said, you get some radio airplay. Um, you know, eighties was the video generation. Yeah. That's how anything caught yeah. anything. It was all based on the video. Oh yeah. Um, is there? I mean, are you gonna? To promote this is YouTube the next step for you guys? For yeah, you? yeah. Probably do a yeah, little YouTube yeah. stuff, get that out there. Yep. And that's going to actually, it's in the works right now. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. Now, nobody works for free. Nothing is for free, Steve. So <laughs> you go out, I, I, the, um, 
I've always wondered about the YouTube stuff. You know, I uh-huh. mean, you're putting your music out there for no charge. And I guess it's like radio airplay anyway, yeah. uh, hoping that it catches fire and people go buy the album. Yeah. So do you see that as, do you see YouTube as the big marketing tool now? Of or, course. Well, it for, is. For musicians? It you know, is. It's, there's Vivo and sure. YouTube Music and y, uh, Yahoo Music and yeah. um, Google Music, yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, definitely it is a vehicle that has to be explored right. because... But, I mean, is, is that the radio station of today now? It seems to be uh, looking that way. It's interesting. I mean, because there are so many artists that are selling out venues that you probably never heard of because there's such an underground movement and it's all based on mm-hmm. internet, YouTube, and okay. stuff like that. So, yeah, it can be done. I mean, it's a lot of work, but right. yeah, it's okay. a lot of work, which I'm not afraid of, of course. But, no, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, that's one thing. Like I said, I, again, I'm going back, okay, a generation, if you will, and yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, my my major record-buying years oh, were, God. you know, late teens, early 20s. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, it had you had radio airplay and you had live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, video was starting to come big, mm-hmm. you know, as we were coming of age, if you will, uh, and started to drive part of that, too. So, Well, music placement, too, is huge now. And that that that's probably... My highest interest is getting it in film or or uh, shows, TV shows, because that is also a vehicle to launch anybody in a in a hurry. Okay, yeah. as seen on or as heard sure, on. sure, okay. it's huge. Going back again, talking about the album here, the tracks. Like I said I've 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 lived with it since I got it because I like I said we've been talking about having you come on on the podcast to discuss this and lot of different if i i hear and again not being sure a lot of different influences oh yeah um on the songs um and you can tell me i'm wrong but um so i can it, it's funny because i listen to these songs and say, well that sounds like this time period or this sounds like this you know like like it could have been inf- it could have been influenced by this artist mm-hmm. and the one that really caught my ear was i Mm-hmm. On the on the track, mm-hmm. little it's Peter, interesting. Little Peter Gabrielish. Oh sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, I I it was almost a homage to him, okay, um, because he was a big influence on me, and a lot of the British bands were. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> well, in choosing these songs, it was interesting because obviously I'm an older artist and Ryan Rossipo, the producer and Josh Mendez, they're really young. So they're in their twenties, you know, and it's like early twenties, I believe. And, uh, it's funny to hear, to share my knowledge with them on things like concepts of recording that were foreign to them, but they're all, they're so modern. Right. Like, and my goal, and I think I succeeded was to marry the two. Okay. That's why I wanted to work with these guys, is take my old school thoughts and see what the young guys would do with them. And it was funny. It was a learning experience for both of us because I hipped them to some things they never even conceived or didn't know of and and vice versa. So that was one of the most enjoyable parts of doing the record, you know, 
And, oh, before I forget, I have to give a shout-out to my cousin, Peter Pelesnik, for without him and his support, there wouldn't be a record. So thank you, Peter. Love you. So moving on. <laughs> Little ADD moment there. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm familiar with Peter, so <laughs> you can spend as much time talking about him as you want. He's so. the world's most interesting man. He is the most most interesting man. <laughs> he uh, definitely is. Who has who's been who's been avoiding trying to come on the podcast? Oh, we'll get him on the podcast. We'll, we'll have to we'll get, get him on we'll one of these days here. so we can talk about how interesting he is. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. Sorry. No, no, that's I needed a break there. So, <laughs> so yes, Peter Gabriel. Been, yeah. You've been so, so, but you. So that's one. I, I, so I did pick up on that. Okay. Oh I mean, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard many people say, "God, I hear Trent Reznor here. I hear uh, Gabriel. I hear uh, John Lennon. I hear uh, you know well, George just, Harrison." Well, yeah. that was the next one I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. And George is my favorite Beatles, so um, I'm sure that came out somewhere too. Well, that's, you know, it's it's interesting when you when you look at the, uh, I'm just pulling up the track list here so I can remember the names, which, because I'm awful with song names. And I even heard Kanye West on a couple things, Did rhythmically. You? Oh, okay, Rhys, rhythmically. <laughs> I didn't hear anybody bitching about Taylor Swift. So I, I thought, where did that come from? Is that, is that, you know, in the old days, it would have been inside by the label. Just yeah. That little, <laughs> what was that? Did he say something? Yes. Um, so Shine is the title track. Yes. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at all these, and, and now it makes sense to me. You know, I mean, we're kind of kind of gone over the process of yeah. how this came about. Because I'm listening to these songs, and I hear different eras. I hear different time frames in John's life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, that's what I want. That's what I wanted it to be. So it's it's almost, I would say the the songs. If if again, having being familiar with you as I am, or for the time frame, mm-hmm. uh, all right, we're too old anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I can hear a young John, you know, and and maybe a little, you know, John's worst critic. Sure. You know, like I said, as, as artists are, um, and a little unsuredness of to a very confident. I've traveled the world. I've played with these people, exactly. And so I'm this glad, is this, really is, this is almost a snapshot of. It, it's the word I was going to use. It's a snapshot of my life up to this point. Up to this point. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the whole pr- idea was behind it. Yes, and, and that's uh, very astute of you, Mister Italiano. Well, too. I, you know, I. I don't play a doctor on TV, nor do I claim to be one. But um, it's interesting how, well, again, while we'll talk about music sure. in general, is can convey such a message. Yeah. Um, and again, I I wasn't sure where this all came from, but now sitting here talking, like I said, this is thirty five years in the making. Sure. Um, I know there's a song on here that probably is. Very, very new, based on uh, the passing of a friend you had mm-hmm. um, here locally. Yeah, and, and one song on here, yeah, is that I I know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I mean I know that's that that's less than a year old. Yeah, you know. Why? Well, yeah, I literally wrote it like probably a year ago. Yeah, right. not um, even not even probably. Um, 
So that uh, that was it. It's it's almost like getting to know you again. Yeah. Or getting a better insight into you, becoming a better you know. Well, it's again because we're on a pro, we have a personal relationship, I guess. It's, sure. Um, sure. But this is really a wonderful album. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, that. And I'm not a guy. Anybody who knows me, I'm not a guy who is a regular song buyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. My catalog is very eclectic, but it's not very recent. <laughs> no, I hear you. <laughs> and um, listening to these songs, I mean, these fall right into the wheelhouse of everything that I play. This goes into a shuffle, and I don't hit skip. You know, mm-hmm. um, and with the conversation we had just before we started was, you know, uh, the the song threw his life away. Mm-hmm. Good song. Out of the ten, mm-hmm. it's not my top five. Sure, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but it, it's, it's stuck in my head. Yeah, I can't shake that song. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's yeah. So I'm laying awake nights, <laughs> you know, cursing your name. No. Well, I, I hope it doesn't lead to any, you know, no. thing traumatic. Steve. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's um. But I think that's a testament to, um. It's a it's it's a good medley or melody. Hook. melody? That's referred to as a hook. A yeah, hook, okay. and that's how you pull the listener in, and hopefully they identify with the message and the and what you keep going and in songwriting in general. Like Paul McCartney and is a master at it, obviously, as many others are. You get a hook, a melodic hook that's stuck in your head, and mm-hmm. and if the lyric can match the hook, which is usually the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because there are lyrical hooks that are, I'm I've always been more of a melodic hook guy, not a lyrically. Okay. There's some of guys that I really am blown away by their lyrics and how they even come up with that. You know, right. obviously, Dylan, you think about, mm-hmm. and but uh, that's another art form. But the 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 key is is can you capture both? And unfortunately, in your case, it's it's not in the top five and. Uh, <laughs> That song is the one keeping you up at night. Yeah, but, it is. It is. But I, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so part of your process here, um, some guys write lyrics, some guys write music. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you start putting? It's, I mean, it's how, how does if for you? What's the process of the pro- having coming up with the with the song? You know, I. I have to say that none of it's really me. It's I don't want to sound like one of these altruist guys, but but uh, it is a divine. I really believe it's 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 a universe thing where out of nowhere I'll get this melody that comes into my head, and and if it's good, what the process I do now, if it comes into my head and I don't have anything to record it with. I let it go, and if it comes back again, which sometimes it does, then I know it's worth doing. Okay. And I'll start with um, the majority of the time it is a melodic hook that comes in my head, but sometimes there is a word that is associated with the melody, and like with Shine. Okay. Shine was definitely that way. Um, and that's a song about, I mean, I hate to reveal what the songs are about because I want it to be unique for everybody. Sure. But for me... My, it was a divine thing. It was, uh, um, it's about recovery and, and people who suffer from addiction and, 
and finally seeing the light, you know, that whatever that power is to you, you know, right. for me, I know what it is and, uh, it's God. So, um, it was a, it's a cathartic thing, you know, it was a okay. release and <clears throat> my Christian upbringing, you know, I know there are people out there who are going to go, but you know, Christ is my, you know, I really believe in Jesus right. Christ and, uh, that I had an experience okay. that was profound and, and that's what that song, that song's dedicated to him. So, okay. so you don't sit down as far as part of your process is not, I said, there's some people who will write and, and I'm going to uh, talk about my nephew briefly here. Mm-hmm. Um, who is probably more of a lyricist. So he's writing down, and I guess if nothing, a poem. Sure, sure. And then he sits down with that poem and kind of, I guess, what you say, feels the rhythm of that poem. Sure. Or how it fits together or how it, and then he writes or plays music to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, there's more people. Like, like yourself, you said you're more of an instrumentalist than a lyricist. So do you? So you basically you a melody comes to you. Yeah. However, you know, it, it'll come to me. Um, or you work on a melody, and then does does the song kind of reveal itself then? Yeah. Or yeah, it, it usually does. And okay, I like I say, I feel like I'm just a vessel. And I know there are many artists that feel the way I do. Um. I try to be as open as I can to what's coming in. And uh, and a lot of that requires being present, you know. And I don't want to go on a metaphysical or spiritual vibe kick here, but, but I'm going to be honest, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, music is spiritual and it's very personal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been such a big part of your life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been your life. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to acknowledge that... For as long as I thought it was me, it's not about me. It's not. Um, it's God. And I know there are people that are atheists out there. I know there are people that don't believe, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I feel I know. Okay. And it doesn't make me any better or worse than anybody else. But I have to acknowledge the fact that um, this stuff comes from somewhere else. I don't know. And, and you know who else said that? Michael Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson said the same thing. And look at how many records he sold. I mean, he, if somebody asked him, they said, where does this come from? And he said, God. And I goes, I don't know. Same thing. Billy Jean, he said, came out of nowhere. So uh, It was just there. It was just came out of, literally he was sitting down and that the whole song came into his head and he wrote it in five minutes. <laughs> it's, that's how it works. Right. And when you, st- I, I believe if you start having such an ego where you're taking credit for everything and you, you, you start blocking those things. That happened to me. Oh, there was a many, I thought I was like the source, you know, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not the source and nobody is really. It's how you uh, d- take that information that comes to you and how do you get it out there? Right. That's the, that's the process. That's the beautiful part. You know? So now that, um, we're not quoting the Bible right now, but yeah. <laughs> we're going off on a tangent here, but I knew this would because you're asking me about the process and I'm being honest and I'm saying, 
you know, this is nothing I really talk about. Right. I don't espouse this to people, but um, for me personally, it's a very spiritual thing. You know, right. that's why for the longest time it was so di- personal and difficult for me to even release anything. Okay, because you know, how do you release something that personal? You know, and if somebody says it sucks, it's going to be like a jab in your gut. Like, right. Oh God, that was so personal. You just said it sucked. Right. I don't care anymore. That's the difference. Okay. You know. Um, like you said, you describe it as a very, so you opened yourself up to a yeah. free experience yeah. by letting somebody else take a little bit more, can take some control over what's yes. going to um, And the fact that they showed that much interest, interest in doing my music was a major selling point for me. So I was like, wow, if they think it's that good and they want to do something with it, let's do it. You know, and these are young guys that work with major cats all over Nashville and the world. And they were showing a extreme desire to work with my music. And it wasn't about money or anything like that. Right. Which that's what made me go, okay, I'll do this. You know? So what's, um, <clears throat> what's next for you? Um, what is next is I'm trying to sell these records, <laughs> CDs, okay. whatever. All right. So how does somebody find? How does somebody get a hold of this album? Uh, well, the easiest is my webpage. Um, it's Johnny J O H N N Y hyphen C E E hyphen C A L A R C O Johnny C Calarco dot com, and everything's there. Okay. And you can it'll take you to CD Baby or iTunes or whatever else. Okay. And I'm also. I have my own YouTube channel and Johnny C and that'll be hooked up to my webpage too soon. That's all brand new and getting going right now. So, um, okay. And we'll have that in the show notes, uh, sure. In the show description sure. so you can get to it easier. That's good. Sure. Um, part of the business end of this now, we've kind of gone a little existential on us here, but yeah. Um, some of the things that I do, I sell on the web. And there's a cost associated to that. Oh, yeah. Um, what's what, what's profitable for, I mean, I, iTunes I know is going to take a chunk, right? It's funny. I have had, have had so many people come up to me and say, I am not going to give iTunes any. I'm going to give you all the money. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that. But, <laughs> but uh, it also helps to show statistics of sales. On right. that. And, and the more sales you have, the more they put you up in. Right. And their advertising and everything else. And uh, I was shocked to see how many downloads I actually had so far. Right. Because everything was through CD Baby, but and you have a link to iTunes on there. Okay. And they don't have an accurate assessment of what your sales are through iTunes. It takes mo- a month to actually get some semblance of what's going okay, on. the analytics and stuff? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and... Uh, I got my initial one, and I was floored. I was like, wow. Of course, I haven't seen a dime of anything yet. <laughs> but uh, the fact that, and we'll see. I don't, and it, it didn't categorize whether they were complete album downloads yet or singles that were just taken. I don't know. Okay, but the, so fact, the fact that you, know, you could have 700 downloads, 600 of those could just be a single <laughs> at 99 well, cents. So <laughs> right. I don't know yet. I mean, if if there were that many album downloads, I'll be very happy. So, and that was very quickly. I mean, you know, and I'm I'm just using that. I'm not saying that's the number. I'm just using right. that as an example or a thousand or whatever. So, 
some of these artists, you know, they, they put a CD out and they have 10,000 downloads in, you know, but it's, one day. <laughs> it's 10,000 downloads of the same song. <clears throat> Probably. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. So w- with that model now, now, you know, Apple has that model out there. And, sure. And Amazon has that model out there. Is this the best... Does, is it is this the best way to benefit the artist, or? Well, I'm not a big fan of Spotify, you know. Okay, which you're on. I guess I am. Yeah. I don't and know how that happened. But. I don't know how that happened either, because <laughs> um, I think they're ripping artists off. I think right. you know, it's it's a, it's really a shame because I, I you were ask you're asking about this model. Well, for an example, I was recently, <coughs> excuse me. I was recent, recently in a shopping mall, a major shopping mall, and I heard a song that I was playing drums on, okay. and who I know the artist. I'm like, holy cow, I played on this song. I heard it playing over the system. Oh, the music? Yeah, okay, yeah. Piped and stuff? Yeah, and uh, so I called the guy, and I said, hey, Mike, his name's Michael Brandmeier, who's a great singer-songwriter out of Los Angeles. He's now residing in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, he... Um, I said, my God, I said, you must be seeing some cash. He goes, yeah, they're playing all that all over the country. Yeah, and I was like, well, you must be seeing some cake from that, right? right. He goes, no. He goes, I had like 15,000 plays and I got like a $10 check. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <clears throat> and that's all, he was like getting point zero zero one cent. For of, being piped in through Musac? Yeah, per play or something crazy. Now, who's and that's just wrong. Who sets that up for him? I guess is uh, how does something like that happen? Well, I mean, I guess my 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 th- and maybe most people's are you'd have to sell the rights to that. Well, you don't or sell. No, no, you don't or sell you'd the rights. Have right. to sign off to be able to. Well, you you are registered with with either ASCAP or BMI or whatever you're affiliated with. Okay. And those songs, which are in, in out there, if they're getting played. They have an ISRC code on them, if you're smart, which which um, every time it's played, it's registered as a play. Now, depending on what medium you're going through, like mm-hmm. if it's Spotify, you're getting ripped off. Like they're paying, and and and, it, and there's been a lot of. Oh, thank you very much. There's been a lot of discussion about in Congress about this mm-hmm. and about artists getting ripped off. And Michael Brandmeier, one of the artists I was playing with, was asked to go to the White House recently as part of the ASCAP BMI affiliation right. and discuss these issues. And he had gone there. And it was very fascinating to hear what they were talking about and how they might want to change some of these things. Right. <clears throat> That's a and long I guess, do you, explanation. So is this so is this a, a thing like Spotify? Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess the philosophy for things like Spotify for streaming music. Get your are, music heard. Get your music heard. You're not going to get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, and they think they're doing you a favor. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. It's, I call it like the. It's an extension of club owners these days. We can't pay <laughs> you, but you know, come on in and play, and uh, at least you'll be heard. I'm like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, your bar tail is going up, and people yeah. are drinking and having a great time, and you want to pay the band $300. No, that right. ain't going to work. 
And it, it, and we're seeing that everywhere. And it, 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 the good news is that enough, you get pushed so far, you put, start pushing back. And I think a lot of artists are. They're finally kind of stepping up and speaking yeah, for themselves. And, and if they unite in, in a coalition and say, look, yeah, we all want to play these venues. We all want our music heard. But if we unite together and say, no, we're, we're, we'll play for a bottom line, right. then we'll do something, you know? And we're not going to see that, though, until the college and a little older people decide that it is actually worth paying $10 cover to see a band. Right. I mean, they, they'll spend $10 in one minute on drinks, but they won't spend $10 to see live music that they're... For a night of entertainment. Yeah. And, and you know, I've heard the argument, well, I'm not going to pay $10 to see a band that's just noise. I, I don't blame you. Well, right. then don't go there. Right. You know, and it might weed out eventually the bands that actually sound good versus the bands that don't. This great band that I'm playing with out of Los Angeles, King Washington, who are f- phenomenal. Uh, a three-piece band, and me would be the fourth guy. Uh, you hear these guys live, they're amazing. Their vocal right. harmonies are unbelievable. And getting people, I had them here last year for Summerfest. I'm having them again here this year at Summerfest, not to give them a little shout out here, but right. July 5th, U.S. Cellular Stage, 6 o'clock, King Washington, Washington, followed by a performance at the BBC on North Avenue that night. <clears throat> and everyone that has come to see these bands, or this band, mm-hmm. has walked away happy. So that's the key. Do you, what kind of product are you putting out there? Right. You know, And I think when the quality starts coming back, you're going to see people coming back. So this kind of makes full circle back to what we're talking about. With back to me. Back. And, and that's what I plan to do with my music. I'm, right. I'm not going to put anything out there that I'm not 100% happy with right. live. And I've done this enough to know what buttons to push to get the right. people into it. So, All right. So, because um, you, you brought it up now, King Washington is mm-hmm. a, a group of gentlemen you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, what, six months, eight months ago you guys were out in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how did that go? Great. I mean, nothing but great stuff. And it was a lot of fun. Um, great guys, young guys. You know, I'm the I'm the grandfather in the band, the <laughs> overseer of, uh, you know. <laughs> I keep the, the girls off the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Say, look, guys, do this, do that. So it's been great. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this next run with them, and I'm going to hopefully sell some of my CDs on this tour with them cause, okay. and promote that. And uh, for me, getting my band going up and running and getting a solid show is my next focus here. So okay. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a lot of work, though. Okay. So when you say um, you've got guys you play with on a regular basis, yeah, um, here uh, locally, yeah, and nationally. I mean, I just did Freddy Johnston's new record, okay. which is awesome. Neon Repairman, it's called, okay. and it'll be out I think June fifth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And Freddy, as we all know, is a big name, mm-hmm. so he he's it's kind of like his comeback record, and okay. I was blessed enough to be able to play on that doing, record. Doing percussion, percussion again? Drums. Drums, yeah. okay. And uh, it's we're all going through the same thing, you know, unless you're Bruno Mars or some huge right. artist. Everybody's scrambling to figure out what model works best for them. Right. 
I plan on playing some live shows with my music, both stripped down, like I said, and I want to hit people between the eyes with a big production show. Right. But at the same time, focusing my music towards film and getting some hopeful, hopefully, right, great responses and revenue from that. So we'll see what happens with it. All right. Well, excellent. So, well, so the name of the album is Shine, um, and it's under Johnny C C E, available iTunes. Yes. Through your website. Yep. John hyphen underscore. No hyphen hyphen. So Johnny C. Hyphen, hyphen C C E E hyphen Calarco. Sorry about that, folks, but somebody com. stole my name, so I had to <laughs> I had to put the C E E in there because John uh, Calarco was taken taken already. Um, available through iTunes, CD Baby, yes, CD Baby, and uh, through your website, yes. Um, and you'll be playing uh, summer. Well, you you don't leave the Summerfest grounds, do you? <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, I have a lot of shows down there <clears throat> with different artists as a drummer. Yeah. Okay. So um, what, what, next what, year I'll be down there as an artist, as myself. So oh, it was just too late in the season to to get that started, to get that going. Um, yeah. Just and again briefly here to you're talking about you're doing live music, doing the the album live. Mm-hmm. Um, is it difficult to because this is promoting you? Yeah. Okay, um, and there can be egos in music. <laughs> so, how do you go about putting together a group to do this live? <laughs> and I guess to oversimplify, when it's all about you. Very good. Very <laughs> good question. Um, one of the advantages of being around a while is you establish relationships. So. Okay. Of people and and a lot of the people that want to they want to jump on board on this okay and they they want to support me I mean I'm blown away by that and I mean there's some great instrumentalists uh, in town uh, Joe Height is a great keyboard guy who, who's shown interest in doing this um, um, Keith Pulvermacher another great singer songwriter said, yeah, I'll come up and play, you know, some guitar. My brother Frank, you know, play guitar. So there are people that want to do this. Okay. And it's a matter of me finding out <clears throat> the best chemistry of guys sure, that sure. can capture what I'm trying to do. And I think I have that, so, and we'll see what happens. Excellent. So that's the, the next big thing. Yeah. And uh... and I'm also almost done with my next record. So well, I was going to say. I, and, I was just. Uh, and to, to quote. Uh, uh... <laughs> Eddie Murphy, uh, what have you done for me lately? What did I've done for you lately? <laughs> um, I have a new song, a new song called Objects in Mirror Are Closer Than They Appear. We've all heard that, right? But but uh, it's actually a song that I've been working on, and uh, I just finished demoing it, and it sounds good, I think. We'll see. That's my own opinion. So I have like seven songs done already. I mean, demoed. Okay. They're not done. And I'll be probably going down to Nashville again pretty soon and hitting that up because I'm over this record already. You know that's right. the thing. <laughs> you work on a record, you're 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 over it, right. and you want to move on to the next thing. But yeah, you, oh, now I got to promote it. Right. You know? Right. So so we do appreciate you coming in for that. So oh. now does the having one under your belt make the second one a little bit easier? Oh sure, it'll be 
the process is will be much easier and smoother. Less question marks. All right. So I don't have to wait a year and a half for the next one. No. <laughs> no. No. Excellent. Excellent. No, not at all. All right. Well, John, I appreciate your time today for hey. coming out and being on the podcast again and uh, getting us back on our track rolling here. Great. Thank uh, you congratulations for on your new album. Like I said, it's it's it really I, I and I'm just not saying this. I don't anybody who knows me knows I don't sugarcoat anything, but really a pleasure to listen to. Um, very, very there's something for everybody on this album, I guess is what I want to say. And it, it was kind of nice because it, it kind of took me back to my youth and walked me up to my current age. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that's and, great. Um, so I, I share uh, I share that same feeling that you put it together with, I well, guess. Well, I so, appreciate that. That's um, great. I, so uh, That means a lot. So uh, appreciate you coming on again. So the new album is Shine. Uh, we'll see you performing live shortly. Sure. And uh, you can listen well you can demo on itunes right still yeah yeah you can they have little snippets on itunes little snippets on itunes so itunes uh john hyphen cee hyphen calarco.com yeah and cd baby you can pick it up it's available at yeah and it's just under johnny c on on those websites okay excellent i appreciate you having me and all right all right salute good luck we'll see you this summer Mm -hmm. thanks for listening people you've been listening to the listen up milwaukee podcast uh with your host uh me steve italiano um again you can pick this up through uh, itunes uh if you want to subscribe i would appreciate that um or you can go to our website uh, specifically at uh listen up mke.podbean.com where you can uh search our history and listen to previous podcasts but again also through the itunes through the itunes ah, i gotta get off that kick anyway <laughs> thanks for listening i uh, hope you come back for our next episode which will be coming up shortly uh again following the theme of art in milwaukee and uh enjoy your day thanks again